Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all you listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Playing the Hand You Dealt podcast. Uh, joining me as always is Janelle. What's going on, guys? Yeah, what's going on, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this episode is going to be all about burnout. And we're not talking about cars. We're not talking about donuts. We're not talking about fucking room room. We're talking about professional burnout that sometimes, most times, can lead to consequences and a shittier life. The burnout we're talking about today is mainly going to be related to professional but just because it's professional doesn't mean it doesn't affect other parts of your life as you'll learn later. Yeah, burnout absolutely affects other parts of your life. And I think there's a lot of talk about hustle culture, meaning that you have to be constantly working and working as many hours as possible to be successful. There's a lot of misconceptions about being successful. People think you have to sleep less and work more. There's phrases that's, that people say, I'll sleep when I'm dead and sleep is for the week. But I think over the past year, we've learned that that's incorrect. We need at least eight hours of sleep. Definitely. There's a book on my nightstand right now all about sleep yeah. that I haven't finished. But anyway. <laughs> I love it. But now you're also making it a goal to sleep more because we know how essential it is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And another thing is a lot of people think you have to work over 40 hours a week. Maybe depending on what field you're in, it may be necessary. But for the most part, to be successful, you don't have to work more than 40 hours a week. Thanks for giving us a little bit of a topic intro, Janelle. That's going to lead us to the main segment of today's episode. We want to talk about one main experience we had with burnout, and then we're going to break it down into the consequences that we've felt from it. It's going to go from the professional consequences, mental health consequences, physical health, relationships, finances, and so on. And lastly, after Janelle and I both give our experiences, we're going to leave you with some tips. Thanks, Jai, for that awesome intro. Yes, we're going to go ahead and each talk about a time where we felt really burnt out and how that played an effect on our life. So I'll go ahead and start first. The burnout I want to talk about is from 2017. I was working at Frito-Lay, which is the big corporation that makes chips and shit. Chips and shit. Chips and shit. (laughs) And so the reason I felt burnt out from that company is I applied as a part-time employee. And for the the beginning of training and all that, I was only working part-time. But then eventually, after knowing how to do the job, I was working 50-plus hours as a part-time employee. They were taking advantage of you, huh? Yes, Mm. very much so. And it was hard because I was also grieving during that time, and I only shared one car with my girlfriend, so it was tough. Because especially if you work part-time, you don't get the benefits, you don't get uh, the benefits... Or the benefits. Exactly. (laughs) They definitely were taking advantage of me. I think after, if you work over 40 hours, three consecutive weeks or something like that, Mm. that's when they have to pay you the benefits of a full-time employee. But I was definitely working 50 plus hours for more than three weeks, and I never saw those benefits. I think that's also a reflection on my part for not stepping up and saying anything. Mm -hmm. But, oh well, it is what it is now. It is what it is. You learned your lesson. Yeah, and I was just like working so much. And we lived in Hawaii at the time, and it's very expensive. So even with working so much, I feel like I wasn't making enough money still. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of labor. It was very taxing on me. Yeah, it wasn't a desk job. It was no, uh, in the factory, not. right? Yeah. In the warehouse? Not the factory. The warehouse, yeah. Yeah, the warehouse. All right, so that was your experience with burnout. And like I mentioned earlier, even though it was a job, even though it was professional, it probably affected other aspects of your life. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go into that that we have written down? 
Yeah, definitely it affected different areas of my life. And I'll go ahead and first start with professional. You know, when I first got this job, I literally thought I found my like career, my dream job, the job that I'm going to be in for a very long time. Because, you know, with our parents, our grandparents, they always tell you, get the job that pays really well, that has the benefits, has lots of hours, and will set you up for retirement. Mm-hmm. And that's everything that this job was. So I was like, okay, I'm set for life. On paper, it was what right. you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I was only, I think, uh, 20 at the time. Mm-hmm. So I felt like really ahead of the game, I guess. And so I was really happy. But then once I got to know my co- co-workers, I learned that all of them were there for 20 plus years. They were a lot older than me. And I kind of just looked at them, their life, and their lifestyle and realized, like, this is not how I want my lifestyle to be. And Mm -hmm. if I continue to work here for so long, I'm going to be like them, and that's not what I want. So I instantly realized, like, I'm kind of wasting my time here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, this is a good job. It pays the bills right now, but where do I go from here? Yeah, professionally, it wasn't the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and it sucked because I. that's when I first realized, like, okay, everything my grandparents are telling me is, like, um, I don't know. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So at the end of all this, I'll go, I'll mention where I went from there. But now I want to talk about the mental health aspect that it had on me. Mm-hmm. It was very, I would say, toxic just because they were overworking me. Like I said, I was a part time employee working 50 plus hours. They took advantage of me. Yeah, I was very unhappy during this time. My mental health, I would say, was the lowest it's ever been, I think. 2017 was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for some reason, I was very paranoid during that time. And because of that, my, it affected my work and I couldn't sleep well. And when you can't sleep well, it affects not being able to perform. So it was just a bad loophole. And then, yeah, my mental health just sucked. <laughs> it was low. Uh, I didn't really know how to get myself out of that hole. And at that time, too, like I said, I was grieving. So I pushed everybody out at that point. Mm-hmm. I had no one to talk to besides my girlfriend. And I, wor- I worked at a... A position where it's very independent so I wasn't talking to my co-workers very much either so a lot of it a lot of emotions were just held inside of me I was barely having any conversations at all it was all so it was internal really and gathering yeah and yeah. then so with that mental health being so low that also played a huge effect on my physical health my physical health was actually kind of decent because I was doing so much labor I was walking like 15,000 steps or something a day. I think one time you said to me it was in miles or some shit. Yeah, it was, I was walking a lot and it was good. The labor itself was good. So I was in shape, if you will, but because my mental health was not aligning with my physical health, I was breaking out a lot. Um, My eczema was really bad. I usually only have mild eczema, but during that time specifically, my eczema broke out everywhere on my body. And it got so bad to the point where I would be scratching in my sleep and making myself bleed. And I had to even take myself to the emergency room one time because I was bleeding so much and I, it couldn't stop. So, And I think that was a result of my mental health being so weak. It was just eating me alive internally mm-hmm. and then it showed on the outside. One thing you wrote here was that you weren't eating very well. And it's funny that your eating habits were like opposite of your physical habits yeah you're walking you're lifting you were for the most part if that's all you looked at you were doing some good active exercise oh yeah and then you kind of acted by eating like shit yes the moment i got home i'm like give me everything i could eat you know what i'm saying because you're working so hard all day and like you're not really i wasn't interested in eating healthy at that time for Mm -hmm. what reason i don't know but that also played a huge part in like it was like a weird balance of being healthy but not yeah 
And that's all just from your job. Even though it's a job, it did have a problem and affect your, like you said, your mental health, your physical health. And then we wrote down here relationships. How did the burnout with Frito-Lay affect your relationships? So I did just mention during my mental health aspect that I was describing, I barely talked to anybody. My relationships was almost non-existent. I think the only like live relationship I had at the time was my romantic relationship and the relationship I had with my family that I was currently living with. They mm-hmm. were literally like the only people I would talk to for, I think, almost like 10 months. Yeah, not even your coworkers too, so... Yeah, like, yeah. I barely interacted with them. Even at lunch, like, you know, they were older people, so a lot of older people, they love to talk. Mm-hmm. But I was just very shut out, shut down, closed off, had my walls built up, so I really wasn't even... It was kind of exhausting for me at one point to even talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, it was a bad spot. Even you, like, I... I barely even talked to you. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you would call and I would be watching my phone ring and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to talk. <laughs> Especially knowing how much you talk. I'm like, man, I don't want to talk. Listening. And it wasn't anything against you. It's just the position I was in at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So relationships went haywire because of just a job. And that's just the connection with the burnout. Yeah, I was working so much. I didn't even have time to keep up with relationships. I didn't have time to know what people were doing. Literally, the moment I would get home, shower, eat, sleep, and I would wake up like 30 minutes before my shift and repeat that daily for like 10 months. Damn. It was insane. Yeah. So what about finances? If you were working that much, I bet your finances were pretty good. Yeah, you see, I thought it would be. But like I said, we lived in Hawaii and it was very expensive. I was getting paid really good, and even my girlfriend was working two jobs, and she was getting paid really good, but even then, like, we felt like, kind of, not struggling, but still felt like we were, like, pushing it, Mm -hmm. and that goes to show, like, how expensive it was, and it's like, okay, I'm doing all this work, making all this money, but, like, we couldn't even enjoy our lives out there because our finances were still so tight, Mm -hmm. and it was crazy. I mean, there were times, like, maybe when we had both a day off to actually, like, relax and breathe for a second, we did go out and go go do things and maybe spend a little bit of money. So that could have been why we felt like our money was so tight because we weren't managing it very well. But for the most part, it was, honestly, during that time, every aspect of my life was just tough. Yeah. All just because of one thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really why we wanted to make this episode because... Yeah, you don't like your job, but you don't realize that it doesn't just stop there. And then if you want, I can go ahead and go into my experience now. Yeah, let's hear it. So professional, mental, physical, oh, sorry, professional, professionally, mental health, physical health, relationships, and finances were all kind of shitty at the time when they were supposed to be good. Uh, And I want to talk about when that was, and that was when I went to culinary school. I was in culinary school for about a year in Nevada, Las Vegas to be specific, uh, and I was working graveyard at the Cosmopolitan at the same time. So I was working graveyard at the Cosmo as a prep cook, meaning all I did was prepare food. Mm-hmm. I didn't even cook food. I just cut shit up. <laughs> hey, Jack, welcome to work. Here's 500 potatoes. Here's 3,000 carrots. Here's some fucking octopus and some tomatoes. You have eight hours. Oh, God damn. <laughs> so it was not a very pleasant job. We had about eight to 12 people every shift. The majority of people had headphones on. Mm-hmm. And they just, just chopping <laughs> all day, nonstop. 
And it was definitely difficult because it was a graveyard. Yeah. Uh, so working graveyard, I was 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And on top of that shit show, I had class in the morning, culinary school. So that was the nail in the coffin for my burnout. It was for about six to eight months working as a prep cook, 11 to 7, then going to school in the morning. And that was ultimately what this scenario ultimately mm-hmm. is what caused me to leave the food industry. Uh, a little bit before that, I was working in kitchens for four years. I loved it. Then this job and this scenario happened. And I really learned about what the industry could be if not, it's not so glamorous, you know? Right. So I took it for six, eight months and I eventually left. But that's not before the negative repercussions I had on my my shitty life. <laughs> you know, if we're talking about professionally, like I said, I had to start over. Four years down the drain, after cola, after this job at the Cosmo, I was done with cola, with the food industry. Mm-hmm. So professionally, I was at a loss. I felt like I just I graduated. And then I had nothing. Like, I was very much starting all over four years of experience kind of out the door. Yeah. Especially if it's going from one field to the other. Uh, Mental health-wise, fuck no, I wasn't happy, you know? (laughs) I was working graveyard and then going to school in the morning. Uh, My stress levels were through the roof because I hated work. And after that, I had to go to school. For those of you that don't know me, I really don't like school. <laughs> so having to do that after cutting a thousand vegetables was not yeah. fun. And for a graveyard shift, I think a graveyard shift alone is very tough. And yeah. for you to be awake through work and then go to school right after. There's something called the circadian rhythm. It is what our bodies are accustomed to and more naturally like when they should be awake and when they should be asleep. Yeah. And going against that fucks you up (laughs) you get used to it but getting used to it fucks you up (laughs) oh my gosh like we were not supposed to be sleeping when the sun's up and out and about doing shit at night it's not very sustainable it's not what like our bodies and humans like really so i'm curious how much sleep did you actually get during this time per day probably like six to eight hours but it was during the day i couldn't get my errands done it was in living in Las Vegas, sometimes when your AC is not good, like it hurts because right. it's hot. Uh, it's hard to sleep with the sun up. So I had to buy blackout curtains. And those are very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Because you lose track of time. Next thing you know, it's been 10 hours and all your errands are done. You have to go to work. So, you know, before I used to wake up very early, I liked waking up with the sun on my face. You right. Know? Before you sleep, you crack open the, the blinds a little bit. So the sun beams through and yeah. it's like your alarm, your natural alarm. But after being awake for 15 hours, you don't want that shit. So you <laughs> buy the curtains, but it, it doesn't help you. So all in all, professional health, uh, professionally, shit, I had to start over. Mentally, shit, it was bad. You know. <laughs> now let's move on to physical health. Standing on my feet eight hours chopping vegetables in the middle of the night, it's not fun. You know, I stopped prioritizing my physical health because I was standing and doing physical things at work. And as a result, I gained weight, my acne went to shit, and I just lost motivation to maintain all the progress I made in the gym. On top of physical health, my sleep schedule was pretty shitty. 
because like Janelle just mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, I was sleeping during the day when that's when you do things. That's when you get stuff done. And it was physically, it just, it wasn't a very healthy place to be. And that's all just from this job. But even more, this burnout affected my relationships. Uh, my relationships went downhill. For the friends that I did have, I definitely didn't maintain those relationships because I was too busy. I was too tired. I was hating life. <laughs> so I didn't want to hate life around happy people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, another thing is uh, my girlfriend at the time was living with me and it was pretty bad. The relationship started to det deteriorate. I was coming home from work or school, tired, cranky, unwilling to listen. And I took advantage of my girlfriend at the time in many ways. You know, whether it was a parent or not, something as simple as not contributing to chores, asking her to do favors when I could easily do them, right. or just not listening and taking advantage of the company. It was, it was not a healthy place for me to be in, but I can't even imagine how she felt. Right. After me being out all day, she probably wanted to spend time with me, and I just wanted to sleep or play video games or... Hey babe, can you do this? Because I want to do it. It was just, it was, it was, I was an asshole. <laughs> and at that point, she doesn't miss you anymore. She's just yeah. like, all right, all right this you. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it was just, this is all just because of a job, you know. But there are goods to it. Going into my last part about burnout, financially, yo, I was making money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was good at the time. This is the the highest hourly paid job I had working up until this point. And that was 19 or 20 years old. So for a 19, 20 year old getting paid almost $20 an hour, that was pretty good. But at what consequences did that come with? Right. You know, finances were good. But like I just said, professionally, it was shit. Mental, shit. Physical, shit. Relation, shit. <laughs> Even the relationships like with my mom, who else will live with? Shit. Oh, yeah, that is true. Because, <laughs> you and it's just... The finances were good, but think about what I had to sacrifice. I wouldn't even want to sacrifice my sleep, let alone everything else I just mentioned. So burnout, as much as the hustle culture and as much as, you know, it only is really professional. It really does, like a virus, like a bacteria, it does spread or like a wildfire. It goes to different parts of your life that you really don't realize it. Yeah, you don't recognize it in the moment until, like, you're out of that situation and you see it from a hole. Like, holy shit. We see this in movies and TVs all the time. Uh, uh, what's his name? Fucking uh, Johnny just became a lawyer. He has a mansion. He has a Lambo. Right. But he can't make his kids fucking baseball game. His wife is cheating on him because she's never home. But, hey, he got a Lambo. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so it's all about what you want to do with your burnout. And hopefully, like, our experiences helped you realize that although finances are good, although, it, like, in Janelle's situation, you may have found your quote-unquote career, your right. forever job, it isn't always like that. It doesn't always pan out, and everyone is different. Burnout may be good, burnout may be bad, but that's that kind of leads us into our next section, which are some tips that we want to share with you from our burnout. Okay, so I have a few questions I want to ask before we actually go into the tips. And I want to know, like, at what point did you realize that you were burnt out? Oh, like a weekend. Really? 
But I just, I saw the money. You kind of just I, stuck it, with it for a while. I wanted to go to culinary school. And I, I was in culinary school, but I wanted to continue. And I figured it as a stepping block. Okay, this is shitty, but I need the job experience on my resume in order to keep going. Mm-hmm. If I want to work for a badass kitchen, they need to see that, okay, he can be a prep cook. Because most of the time, if you want to work in a kitchen, you don't start at the top. Yeah. You have to start at the shitty jobs. But if you already have done the shitty jobs, people will be like, okay, he knows how to prep cook. Let's just start him as a as a cook. Right. Rather than have him come in at night and cut. Mm-hmm. So instead of working your way up from the restaurant you want to work at, it's almost like, let me just do it here. Anywhere else I go, I, I, like, I don't want to be hired as a prep cook anymore. Like, yeah. oh, I did that already. So you felt the need to stick it out because you wanted to move up in that industry. You're like, okay, this is where I start. I got to mm-hmm. keep doing this if I want to. I saw it as a means to an end. Yeah. Uh, if you think about it, it's like maybe freshman year of college sucks. But if you want to graduate, you kind of got to go through it. So I kind of wanted to work in an awesome kitchen. And everyone who's high up at one point in their career, they were a shitty prep cook. Wow. So you said you noticed it the first week in okay, and but, yeah. you stuck with it to, for like eight months, you said? I may be over-exaggerating <laughs> like two to four weeks probably. That's still really fast though in your first month. And to just push through for another seven to eight months? Yep. That's intense. That's what you do for... That's what uh, That's what I was willing to sustain for my dream. Yeah. Of being, uh, you know, having a food truck or opening up a restaurant. And if I had to be a prep cook for eight months, think about it. I would do it all over if <laughs> I knew that that was the end goal. Yeah. Because think about it. Eight months is very minimal in terms of your life. So that's the way I was thinking about it. Yeah. It's shitty in the moment, but it could all really be worth it if that's what you want. If you wanted to continue to go down that road, yeah, definitely. After a while, I was like, okay, this is probably not what I want to do. So there's no reason to stick it out anymore. Right. I can give up. Wave the white flag. I'm fucking (laughs) over it. I'm tapping out. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll say for me real quick, I think it took me four months to realize I was burnt out. Because like I said, I... Applied as a part-time employee Mm -hmm. for the first 90 days of my probation and a month after that, I was working only part-time hours. I was like, okay, perfect. This is great. But then at one point, they started asking me to work more. And of course, I said yes, but then they asked me to work even more. And for what reason, I said yes. (laughs) And yeah, it took four months, but same for you. Same reason as you did. I pushed through because the money was really good. Yeah. And living in Hawaii, that honestly was like the best paying job I'd be able to get at the time. Yeah, I think the, what's similar in our situations is the amount of money at the age we were at. Yeah. Oh, yeah, only nineteen, twenty. Yeah. Been getting paid that money was, was really good. Yeah. We were probably both burning out at the same time. Maybe. 2000, probably. I don't know. I maybe. Don't know what it was. Um, yeah, one more question. So it's one thing to realize when you're feeling burnt out. But like you said, we both did. We pushed through it. But at what point were you like, okay, I'm over this. I'm quitting. I'm leaving. I'm finding something else. I've mentioned this before. But going full circle and saying this story kind of brings light to that. But it was my head chef, my head boss. Mm-hmm. was the one who was working 10, 11 days in a row. He has a son. Never saw him. He was always fucking yeah. at work, sleeping in his office, drinking in his office. And I was like, dude, this is really where I'm headed towards. No, thank you. Along with the detrimental aspects that the burnout did to my professional life, my 
mental health, my physical health, my relationships, my finances. Now it was affecting what I wanted my future to be, which is a, a dad, you know? Yeah. And this dude was not a dad. He was a chef first and fuck all that. Yeah, that is really sad to put it in that perspective. Yeah, he wasn't a fucking dad. He was a chef. Yeah. Fuck that. So that was really the nail in the coffin, the whatever the hell. Yeah. Enough sad shit. Let's get to some tips. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. You guys are going to experience burnout in your life because you guys out there have dreams. With dreams come shitty situations that you have to kind of push through sometimes. And you have to push through those shitty situations to even realize if you want the dream. That is true. So it is something we all go through. And chances are it's going to be professionally, but it's going to poison everything else in your life. So let's just go through these tips because we don't want you to go through them. It shit sucks. Yeah. So the first tip we have is recognizing your burnout. Realizing like, okay, I am doing a lot. I'm tired. Like, what do I do next? And then you figure out, is it a good burnout or a bad burnout? And I think the difference is, is like you said with your culinary prep, for example, if that's an industry you wanted to go through, you would kind of just have to stick it out until you, you moved to. up. Yeah. So in that case, would that be considered a good burnout, you would say? That's a good burnout because it's it's a means to an end. Everyone wants to be a doctor, but no one wants to go through medical school. Everyone wants to be a chef, but doesn't want to be a prep cook. If you really want that doctor that nurse that prep cook the lawyer you got to go to school you got to cut your vegetables you got to go through the shit and that's a good burnout but a bad burnout is when i realize that isn't what i want in my life why would i stay there yeah that makes sense and i think to figure out which if it's a good or a bad burnout you have to take a look into your values and your goals For like sure. is this something that i actually want to do will this burnout this career path that i'm going down like is it gonna help me elevate my goals and get me to where i want to be definitely and that's the first tip we have is just recognize it uh moving on kind of in that order once you recognize it okay now you're at a fork in the road that's when you ask yourself like what do i do now it's do you stay there okay i want to be a dentist i don't like school but i have to okay fork in the road fuck it let's go through school keep going right i really want to be a dentist i don't like school i don't want i don't want to do it anymore okay then it's okay change it up no school you have your pivotal point and you need to figure out where do you go from here and that all starts with asking the right questions and like we started with recognize it it's all about your values your goals will this help me break the nine to five Will this help me put a down payment on a nice house? Yeah. Will this help me be liked by people? I don't know. It all depends on what those values and goals are. But when you're at the pivotal point, the fork in the road, ask yourself the right questions and you'll get some answers. I love that. You explained that very well. I don't think there's anything else I can add to that. Perfect. Move on to recalibrate, you know. <clears throat> so once you recognize your burnout, whether it's good or bad, and once you figure out which fork you're going to take in the road does that make sense a little bit which path yeah i was gonna with the fork in your hand (laughs) walking with the fork (laughs) once you decide which path you take in the road (laughs) the next step we recommend is to recalibrate and the big thing here is like being able to recover from this burnout Mm -hmm. and a few ways we can recommend that is listening to your body like hey i'm tired as fuck you're overworking me too much Mm -hmm. 
And another thing I want to add, it goes to what we said in the beginning. A lot of people think sleep is weak. You have to sleep when you're dead. You have to work super hard and less sleep. I think it's okay to get eight plus hours of sleep. It's very essential. And if you're not getting eight hours of sleep, there's something that you definitely have to adjust in your day to make sure you recover. It's called a nap, motherfucker. Hell yeah. Naps are beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I used to really think naps were inefficient until I learned the value of sleep and resting and listening to your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And lastly, with recalibrate, it's important to, even more than a nap, take some time off. Take a mental health day, take a vacation, or just get away. When you do make your decision, it's important to recognize that, okay, this is my decision, let's stick with it, but I don't have to go, go, go. Yeah, definitely a vacation is a big one. Uh, You mentioned this while you were going through your story of burnout, is we don't recognize how much working so so much affects everything else in our life because we're we're going through it and it's just you don't see the bigger picture of it mm-hmm. once you take a vacation once you step back you kind of realize like oh man i'm working super hard i'm overworking myself and that's going to be the end of our tips for this episode our experiences with burnout janelle's going to go ahead and do the honors of sending you guys off with a lesson <laughs> of the week and a quote from matt Devella. Thank you guys so much to, for listening to our stories of burnout. Hopefully you learn something from this and don't put yourself to the same situation. And we just wanted to remind you guys that remember that the life outside of work, make time for it. Life isn't all about working. And remember to just stop and smell the fucking roses. They're beautiful. <laughs> There's a quote that I read recently from Matt Diavella's newsletter. And he says, slow down, be mindfully productive and enjoy life outside of work. Hey, thanks for listening. If you liked the episode, please make sure to listen to others. And of course, give us a follow on at playing the hand you're dealt. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and any other podcast platform, as well as on Instagram. If you follow us on those platforms, you can expect a new episode weekly with an inspirational quote to follow on our Instagram. And if you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone else who you think may get value out of it. If you have any feedback or would like to leave a review, we'd greatly appreciate it as we're always trying to grow and get better. Besides that, have a great fucking day and we'll see you next week.